Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I am your co-host, Christian Allen, codename Legion Cub. And we have got a lot of news to cover in our open today. Uh, Things that, really, it almost feels like we could have done a supplemental episode but we already have a supplemental episode coming later in October with a Halloween special that will be available on October 23rd. <laughs> so everybody be sure and tune into that. And, uh, of course, tell all your friends. Uh, before we get into the meat of the show, we've got a few news things to hit. I want to talk about G.I. Joe on vinyl. At long last, we are getting a record compilation of music from G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. We have seen this before with Transformers. Um, And I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering why we're not getting uh, this with G.I. Joe. And now finally, the time has come in the form of 80s TV classics, music from G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. It's a... Well, I don't know if they've announced it's actually a double LP. I believe it's listed as a single disc. Um, And chances are, if it's like the Transformers release, that it'll be some sort of colored vinyl, possibly a a Joe logo on one side, Cobra on the other. There could also potentially be a lot of variants at different retailers, although I haven't seen anything about that yet. Uh, But the great thing is it's selections from the entire history of the G.I. Joe animated series. There are a total of, oh, Amazon, you're letting me down again. Uh, I thought we had a track listing on Amazon because that's the link everybody shared. And the first thing that I want to say to our listeners, to our loyal listeners, don't buy this from Amazon. I have ordered records from Amazon. Uh, The last record I ordered was actually Purple Rain on vinyl, and Amazon sent it to me in a bag. Not even, like, a padded envelope. Literally one of those plastic white bags. Uh, I will never order another record from Amazon again. Fortunately, there are plenty of other places you can order this. Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, uh, record-oriented stores are out there that are carrying this. You have lots and lots of other options, and yeah... You might have to pay a little bit more for shipping or whatever else, but it's worth it because you don't want your record shipped in a bag. And if you can support your local record store and maybe they can special order for you or something, do that. Yeah, absolutely. If you can go local, go local. Uh, I'm actually trying to pull it up now because I'd like to give you guys a little peek at the track listing. I heard mine from Best Buy. Uh because Best Buy has always done really well with records. Uh, They know how to ship stuff. And there is a tendency, believe it or not, to get things a little bit early from Best Buy. Uh, A lot of times they will ship in anticipation of the release date as opposed to, like, shipping it on the release date. So I have gotten things uh, a little bit early from them, which is always nice. Uh, You'd think His Tank would have the full listing. But anyway, we you guys can go look it up. You know how to use Google. You know how to go to HisTank.com, which is my favorite source for G.I. Joe news, 
and you can get this record and have this G.I. Joe music. Now, as far as I know, it does not include a digital download, which is disappointing if true. But again, we don't... This is produced by Hasbro as opposed to by uh, one of the boutique publishers who've put out other things like this. So we don't know how good they are with getting the information out there. Whatever the case, I'm excited. And it's coming soon to wherever you order it from. I believe it's November 20th. Okay, so are you guys... Uh, have you fallen into the ridiculous vinyl trap like I have, or have you managed to resist that hipster phenomenon? I don't even have a turntable in my house. Good for you. I used to. Yeah, no Victrola here. <laughs> we, we we will probably get one soon. We plan to plans we plan to have one as a feature in our sunroom. Um, I do have a ton of vinyl records and nothing to play them on right now, and if I do wind up getting a a turntable, I'm sure that this and the Transformers uh, disc will be on my short list of things to buy. Well, in other news, we got uh, from PulseCon, which happened a couple of weeks ago, by the time this posts, we got a look at new classified series figures and some new retro series, well, a new retro series figure, some of them we already knew about. But I want to talk a little bit about these classified series reveals and see what we think about this. Uh, four new figures, four new main... Well, okay. Two, <laughs> two mainline figures were shown. Or two figures new to the mainline were shown. And two new Special Mission Cobra Island Target exclusive figures were shown. Uh, let's talk about the mainline figures first, since those will be much less frustrating. Uh, Zartan, I think, looks... Absolutely fantastic. What do you guys think? He's amazing. Yeah, I think it's the best Zartan figure that has been made so far. And I think he may be the best classified figure that's been made thus far. Well, he's he's got the removable hood, which I like a lot. Uh, he looks like classic Zartan, and he is using the... There's, they call it Invisipen technology. It was introduced with the Old Man Logan uh, and Old Man Hawkeye figures in the Marvel Legends line, but it's where you don't see those pens that hold the elbows and the knees together because the big problem with those so often is because of the way tooling works, and I've just discovered this on the classified series Cobra Commander, he has a big red stripe that goes down the, the outside of his leg. Well, there's a big blue dot in the middle of that stripe because that's where his pen is. It looks terrible, and I hate it. And it's uh, every Spider-Man figure you get. You have these pens breaking up his color design. It looks terrible. So I'm glad Hasbro is getting rid of that element of action figures. So that's that is a huge especially thing. at that scale. There's uh, yes, there's no excuse. No, no, it's 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 really bad, and it's you know you can't put deco on them. Like I understand why they do it, but it still looks horrible. Uh, Zartan is complete with his pistol, his signature pistol, which I love. Uh, if that means they're making a Nerf gun of Zartan's pistol, I'm all <laughs> in on that. Uh, and he's got his backpack with his mask, which to me looks a little weirder this time. Yeah, it's uh, it's very Doctor Mindbendery. Yeah, 
Yeah, he looks like a guy I worked with at CityWalk at Universal, so it <laughs> really creeps me out. <laughs> well, it's not quite the tradi- well, it's not the traditional bearded face, which I, I think is an interesting decision to depart from that. Uh, because honestly, that this mask looks just as suspicious as Zartan's regular face. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then he's got on the side here. I'm trying to figure out what these other little accessories are. He's got like a snake head and a withered up like monkey's paw or something. What the heck are these? Do these hang off his belt? Maybe. But I mean, they have. Yeah, because I mean, they have pegs, but they don't have any articulation points. Because at first, I thought, oh, okay. Like before, I looked at the larger picture. And I was just looking at a thumbnail. I thought, oh, cool. They gave him, like, some withered old man hands to go with his mask. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. That's, like, a hairy hand and a snake head. But Yeah, I think because so, I'm looking at his what? belt, and there is a hole on the front of his yep. belt there. And I bet they just plug into that, and they're just weird little talismans that he carries around, which is a neat touch. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in battle, as his last resort, he can slap you with his monkey paw. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants that. I challenge you, Flint, to a duel. <laughs> Our next mainline figure is something that I think everybody was hoping for, uh, and that is a Cobra Trooper. It is slightly different from the Cobra Island Cobra Trooper. To my eyes, this is a lighter blue. Yeah, it does look a little lighter. Um, and it doesn't come with the same accessories. They're a little bit different. It doesn't have the fake Dragonov rifle, which I, I kind of miss. Uh, but it's and it doesn't have the goggles or the sleeve mm. designation thing. But see, my kind of theory was that that might be an officer rank badge anyway, so that those target exclusive ones could technically be Cobra officers, and these guys are the troopers. Uh, it looks great. Uh, this is a great yep. Cobra Trooper design. I love it. And it was interesting to me to note that when, and we'll talk about the pre-orders in a minute here, uh, when I went on to pre-order on Hasbro Pulse, I ordered, they allowed one per customer on Zartan and this Cobra Trooper. So I went ahead and ordered one each because I want to see who ships first. And then I went over to BigBadToyStore.com, ordered a Zartan for my son, and ordered some more Cobra Troopers. What's interesting is you could order up to 32 Cobra Troopers. Wow. Uh, which is a very different situation from some of the other classified <laughs> series figures that have happened. So my guess is these guys are going to be plentiful, you know, potentially in their own cases. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that yeah, goes. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully they figured out that... Uh, these grown adults that are buying these like to army build right if you make an army build you know character then well what a perfect segue into the next reveal which was a new entry into the target exclusive special mission cobra island line another troop builder the cobra viper which sold out in under four seconds (laughs) On Target.com. Wow. Uh, I love this Viper. I Okay. 
I'll be interested to see what you guys' opinions are on this. I never liked that the Vipers had short sleeves. That always bothered me. It gave them a different look, but it never... I just didn't like it. I like this long-sleeved Viper. I think this is a really cool look. Uh, I think they have once again done a really good job of updating a troop. What do you guys think about this guy? I like the I, short sleeves, but I, I mean that doesn't bother me. The long sleeves. There's something about the head sculpt that I'm not yeah. crazy about. And uh, granted, we're seeing it without the goggles, and maybe with the goggles on, it would it would take away from that. But um, but yeah, that's the like I love the rest of the I love the the vest. I love the boots. Um, yeah, something about the head that's just a little bit off. I agree. The sleeves don't bother me at all, but. When I look at the pictures, I I can't figure out, is that really the white that they're going with for the helmet? Or is that a, a Photoshop that they did? Well, it looks for, silver in the in the actual box picture. The, in the box? Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think the, the faceplate is definitely silver. Because it, it yeah, it... There's something about it that just is off. I just think it's the the helmet's too small. It just doesn't feel it looks, bulky enough. It looks a little stubby. Yeah. But when you look at it straight on, because there is a big difference. Okay, now I'm noticing something crazy here. Uh I believe the samples that we're looking at in the box and this publicity photo, they have put the legs on backwards. Uh. Do you see where the top of the thigh, the red is on the outside and then the bottom of the thigh, it's on the inside. I think they've assembled this figure incorrectly and I hope they're not all like that. What? Uh, so I only see it on see the inside. Wait, did Scott Knight go to Hasbro? No, I don't stop. Know. We like Scott Knight like now. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah, I don't know which pictures you're seeing. I only see the ribbing on the inside, which is where it should be. I don't see it on the outside. But I, don't, look, I mean, I have a picture that look, has it. Look at the look at the hip joint. Yeah, look at his hip, the top of his thigh. Oh, the top. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, this is. This has got to be wrong. Now, obviously, those pockets shouldn't be on the inside of the thigh. No, so it's the, not and like the ribbing. They've... The ribbing definitely belongs on the inside of the legs. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so they've, I guess, completely just botched that design. Well, fingers crossed. This is just right. Right. This is the a sample yeah. Yeah. that was sent back. How strange! Wow. Well, love the backpack. Oh yeah, the backpack looks great. I love all the color on it, uh, the the grenades and the rope and everything else. I, I love that there is deco on it because we've been getting a lot of stuff that has zero deco. Yep. Uh, and, and the then, guns are black. Yeah, all black guns. I, I, I here's the thing about the the lack of deco on the accessories. If they hadn't done it in the first wave, it wouldn't be as glaring in these later waves. But since we got Duke and Roadblock with great-looking weapons with lots of paint on them, uh, 
you know, now we're getting these monochromatic weapons that just don't look as exciting. And it's because they set the standard early. So let's move on to the fourth announced figure, also part of the Special Mission Cobra Island Target Exclusive Wave, also sold out in four seconds. Uh, Firefly, my absolute favorite character from G.I. Joe. Uh, very disappointed that I wasn't able to order him, but let's take a look at this guy. I love the camo. I like that he's got a sweater top that may be the same as Beachhead's. Uh, I haven't actually looked super close to determine that yet. Uh, I like the knee pads. I like the boots. Like the, the colors are great, but this giant thick vest he's got on, uh, I do not love. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's weird. It gives him a lot more bulk. It reminds me a little bit of the um, the version of Firefly from the second GI Joe live action movie, yes. where he wore a lot more uh, like a big padded. I don't I don't get the Merkin that he's got there in his crotch. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that really is off for me on this. I feel like if you're an ex- explosives guy, you want to protect your business. I I, I, I don't I see take that. Issue just, with that. It just doesn't look right on the figure. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's well. This to me, this whole entire torso piece would go in the trash, dependent upon what's underneath it. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking because it's got that big, uh, the big collar, and I'm I'm thinking that piece probably comes off, and he's got just a regular uh, sweater up underneath there. Which he'll still, you'd still need something to go on there, a bandolier or something, and you know we don't know yet. With the Cobra Island stuff, we've gotten a variation on Roadblock. We've gotten a variation on a Cobra Trooper. Uh, we have not yet seen anything about another Beachhead in the main line uh, or another Baroness. But considering the fact that the box art depicts a very different-looking Baroness, I think there's a good chance we'll see her single-carded at some point. So my hope is that we'll get a different Firefly that doesn't have this big hunk of junk on him. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I, we may not be able to get our hands on this Firefly anyway, so it may be a moot point. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Hasbro has learned their lesson. Um, I'm sure, you know, the bean counters are looking at, oh, yeah, everything's sold out. Yeah, but there's a lot of unhappy collectors out there that these never hit their area. Right. So hopefully they have fixed it for this wave. Um but like like what you said for the Baroness, if they don't come out with a Baroness for the main line, that's that's just going to be bad form. I yeah I agree a hundred percent. But I I feel sure. Of course, I also felt sure by the time we recorded this episode, the special mission Cobra Island would have hit the level where everybody had seen it in stores and had kind of gotten what they wanted, and now maybe it was starting to fade out, but that never happened. No, I think they severely underproduced. I think so. For it. Well, I think that, that it had to be a calculated risk at that point, because, let's face it, G.I. Joe has not been a mainstream property for a long, long time, and this is a big investment. Yes. So, you know, hopefully they will produce more figures and distribute more figures, Um but, you know, what they released in that first wave may have been more than they thought they were going to sell. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we've got uh, one more segment. Let me pull my notes up here to make sure we don't 
skip over anything. Uh, let's see. Yes, we got one more segment we want to talk about, and that is the retro collection figures. Uh, I managed to get my hands on Snake Eyes from the first wave of the retro collection. And it is, uh, there's actually, if you go to Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram, check out our IGTV, and I have an unboxing video up there now of me opening up this retro Snake Eyes and giving it a look. It is exactly the same as a Snake Eyes that was released before, except that one had the Commando head instead of this one's Ninja head. And I got to say, the Ninja head's very unsatisfying on this figure. Especially with that box art. Especially with that (laughs) box art, which, by the way, if you're a Menton card collector, good luck with these because these are barely sturdier than poster board. They're they're like the Argentinian Transformer yes. card. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're or, they're not good. Or the the Hasbro WWF. Uh, uh, say Fun School. The Fun School. Yeah. Cards. They're they're just junk. Uh, so if you're you know if you need these and you're an opener, then then keep an eye out. But if you're men on card, I would honestly just give this this series a pass. Uh, so I have not yet seen Storm Shadow or Baroness or the vehicles, but we did get some reveals. They officially announced Destro, Scarlet, and Roadblock. Um, you know, me, I don't need any of those. I would like to have an updated Scarlet because the 25th anniversary Scarlet is not super, but I don't think this one is it. What, what do you guys think? They're fine. They're what I expected. <laughs> I I'll love it, including the characters, the characters that they chose. I love this Scarlet's head sculpt. It's probably the best head sculpt Scarlet has ever had. There's something about the rest of of her that I, to me, just looks blocky. Not Ninja Force Scarlet blocky, but still just <laughs> blocky enough that I'm like, I'm holding out until I can see it in person. Um, and you know, Roblox based off of his resolute look, and again, it's that vest just makes him so clunky looking. Um, my my hope is that he's got a camo tank top under that because same here again. That head sculpt is that that portrait looks fantastic. Uh, but the re- and he doesn't have sweatbands on his elbows, which is always a plus. Yeah, and, uh, and two normal hands that can hold things. Right. Uh, so I, I overall I like this roadblock, but yeah, I would like to take that blocky tackle vest or whatever that is going on there off. Uh, with Scarlet, my biggest issue are her, her short gloves. I don't care for those at all, and her yellow her waist piece. I wish it was just the same color as her pants instead of trying to recreate her original look because it just looks like they painted that waist piece yellow. It doesn't look like it's part of a, a costume or a uniform or anything. It just looks weird to me. Yeah, yeah, well, and her shoulder piece, it doesn't look like it's a separate sculpt. It looks like, you know, they just stamped it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just, yeah, right now it's just very off point. Honestly, yeah, the, glo- the gloves are short. It's it's again compared to the box uh, to the the card art, it's not the same figure. 
honestly, I would have preferred the resolute scarlet body with this head on it. Mm. I think that would have been a, a cool alternative, and I understand that would have been even less ret- retro. But uh, let, you know, let's face it here; they're not really. Well, but going the roadblock there. isn't his G one look either. Yeah, but I would say it's a close enough. Like it, it is an adaptation of his original look. So I, you know, I, I, or, yeah. Are either of you bothered as much as I am about the fact that the figures, the, about the card art, how the black goes all the way to the edge and there's not a border around it? Does it? Oh yeah, that see, bothers the heck out of me. Yeah, it feels like a knockoff. It feels like it's a, a bootleg. I also don't care. If, I wish they had just packed the accessories. And, and I don't want to sit here just bagging on this line because I'm sure it has the potential to be really neat. But I wish they had just packed the accessories out behind the figure instead of making the blister so tall. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then put the code name and the name, or the code name and the specialty above the blister like the old figures. You're right. These look like bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's get to Destro real quick. Uh, I think Destro looks great. His face is a little harsh, but otherwise, I, this is a good Destro. I think it's the 50th anniversary Destro, just repackaged. Okay. I never got that one, because uh, still, I've still got my shiny, chrome-headed Destro from whenever <clears> that <throat> one came out. And that's that's all I need. I'm good to go. Uh, the actual reveal that we got uh, through the, the PulseCon in this retro line was a new Fang helicopter that includes a pilot that is sort of generic looking. Uh, but the Fang itself, while pretty different from the original, looks awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a neat update on that. Um, it's not quite the original mold but it, it definitely is it pays homage to it so uh, I went ahead I went ahead and got myself one I ordered one immediately and that's that's saying something because you yeah. have not uh, you have not gone into anything 25th anniversary really well the vehicles way. the vehicles I don't mind because the vehicles are for the most part just retooled versions of the originals um, this one I, I I like it it's 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 a new uh, updated take on something that already existed. I do think the price point's a little high. We've already had that discussion, but uh, I'm a crotchety old man who thinks that everything should cost <laughs> 99 cents. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, when, you, when, you can, when you consider that the single-carded figures are twelve ninety nine, this yeah. is twenty four ninety nine. so you're paying 12 bucks for, for the helicopter. I mean, honestly, it's a deal by, yeah, it, I, by today's standards. Yeah, but then when you say that and you look at the Cobra Hiss then which, it, you're you're still going, okay, well, because the Hiss comes with the driver. Which yeah, I would qualify the Hiss and the Awe Striker both as absolute steals. Yeah. Because I, I honestly do feel like twenty four ninety nine by today's standards is a good deal for the Fang and the driver. My mind is blown that the Hiss and the Awe Striker are at that price point as well. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, the driver is interesting because... Uh, it's it's really odd they would come up with a brand new character design like that and not use an existing Cobra driver uh, yeah. that they had. Uh, and it's weird because it's got like the Viper body, but this red helmet that's removable. I'm not a fan of the red helmet. I yeah. like to call that the target. <laughs> <for those. laughs> 
but yeah, this thing hits but, all the right points for a fang. It's got the cannon on the front, the the ball jointed cannon. It's got the skids with the rockets on it, the open cockpit. Uh, the tail is significantly shorter. Well, I, honestly, the tail's gone, and it just goes directly into that that end part. And it looks to me like the rotors are probably a little truncated and definitely thicker. Uh, well, they did but, fix the issue with the uh, the cage that goes over the engine because that mm-hmm. piece doesn't like it's going to break thirty seconds after you look at it. Yes. Yeah, and I do like, there's a lot of new sculpt on this, a lot of open parts where you can see, like, some cool detail and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, I it's it's a great update. Yeah, I will say that, that this second wave, to me, shows Hasbro has some faith in this line. Otherwise, we would have just kept getting, you know, just straight-up repaints and... and so the the fact that that we've got a new mold for a fang, then yeah. And of course, during the panel where they revealed these, uh, they gave us some teaser images of Ninja Snake Eyes with Timber, Flash, a Cobra Trooper, General Hawk, Dusty, Firefly. And a version one Storm Shadow. So uh, we could potentially be seeing all of those heading to retail sooner than later. Well, heading to Walmart because these are... <laughs> and you know what? I can't I can't be down on it too much for being Walmart exclusive because when these went up for pre-order, I was able to get two fangs, no problem at all. And Destro, uh, Destro Scarlet, and Roadblock were available for like a whole day. I don't know if they still are or not. I checked earlier today um, because I've heard rumblings that some of the Wave 1 figures have been hitting the Walmart site again. Um, And at least as of earlier today, the Fang and Roadblock were still available. See, that's fantastic. So, yeah, if you're listening now, which granted, uh, we recorded this about a week ago, so who knows? (laughs) But, uh, you know, Walmart pre-orders going a whole lot better than Target pre-orders. The ordering process, anyway. Now, fulfillment may be a whole other issue. Yep, still waiting on that off-striker. Who right, knows when it's yeah. going to arrive. Uh, all right, well, that just about wraps up our opening segment. We want to mention uh, we were going to discuss Snake Eyes Dead Game number two, but that has been delayed to, techni- uh, or not technically, uh, supposedly October 7th, so we might have a, a quick look at that on our next episode, uh, or our or next regular episode. Lifehield finishes the artwork. Yes. Uh, and if you want to see reviews of the G.I. Joe classified figures, please go and check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, share those videos, let people know that we're doing uh, honest, genuine reviews on all these classified figures and tons of other toy lines as well. All right, are you guys ready to dive into the regular show? Yeah! Yeah! Now is the time on Audible Interlude where we take a look at a piece of G.I. Joe media and share what we think about it. This time we're doing something... uh, 
kind of appropriate for the season. This originally aired on October 31st of 1985. It is from the first season of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, as episode 34, Bazooka Saw a Sea Serpent, written by Mary Scranes. And this is an exciting episode. Uh, Matter of fact, I picked it based off the date. Uh, and if yeah. for the listeners, if you guys want more spooky stuff, please tune in to the Audible Interlude Halloween special on October 23rd. But uh, I, I just thought this would be a fun one to do. And I noticed, I don't know how you guys watched it, but I pulled the disc out of my G.I. Joe footlocker. And, I had and, to do that, too, because this one's not online on No, on it's YouTube. not. It hasn't been posted yet. Well, it is on Daily Motion. <laughs> well, oh, I didn't find it on Daily Motion. If you're the unsavory sort that watches things on Daily Motion. <laughs> uh, but I noticed Bazooka is on the disc. It's disc nine in the set. And uh, he's actually on the disc. So, the, But, yeah, I picked this purely based off of the date. But it ended up being a really entertaining episode. Uh, I think on my last run through, because how I've been, how I went through this the last time is I would I would just put the uh, disc in, hit play all, uh, always, never do continuous. If it's two parts, I'm watching the credits two times. Uh, but this is one that I must have been doing something else and not really paying that much attention to because sitting down and watching it on this run through, I got a lot out of this episode. I it, it's it was a lot of fun for me to watch. What were you guys? When's the last time you watched it, and and how did it feel watching it again? I haven't sat down and watched it probably in fifteen years. Uh, you know, I put GI Joe on the background all the time. This is one that like. Used to, I, it felt like it was always on TV when I was a kid, but going back and sitting down and watching it, I had forgotten so much about it. It's one of the funniest episodes of the cartoon series, both unintentionally and intentionally. I would agree with that. Christian, having yeah, to deviate I, from your from your Deke marathon and yeah, go back honestly, into Sunbow. Watching it, it was like I was watching it for the first time, and... Uh, I watched it probably five or six times. Um, it, to me, it, just right off the bat, I was like, holy crap, the designs and the plot out of this is like a Gachamon slash Battle of the Planets <laughs> episode. So I was like uh, just in five-year-old heaven. Yeah, it's... It really is a wild plot, but what's crazy to me is how jam-packed it is. We get so many characters in this one, so many vehicles. Um, but our, our primaries, we start off with Cutter, Bazooka, and Alpine. And the three Bazooka... most magnificent, magnificent mustaches you've ever seen together. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's interesting is Bazooka's characterization is a big part of the plot here. How, how best to put this? In G.I. Joe, Bazooka is a simple man. <laughs> yes. And His voice actor must be... I hope he gets a day rate and not paid by line. Because <laughs> I don't think he said more than one sentence at a time. Giant gaps. <laughs> uh, so Bazooka... Sees a sea serpent, as the title suggests, and of they pay course, it off in like one minute. It's great. Yes, absolutely. There's no, <laughs> there's no uh, suspense here, uh, and of course, due to Bazooka's nature, 
uh, Alpine just says, oh, you know, whatever, buddy, yeah, I'm sure. And they kind of go on with their day. And then it turns out this sea serpent has been attacking ships all over the place, and G.I. Joe aboard the USS Flag is already investigating. What struck me in this episode is how much the public, the general public, knows about G.I. Joe <laughs> down to... Piloting helicopters right. and name. <laughs> I have in my notes the product placement is out of control. Are there no military secrets in G.I. Joe? <laughs> no, they're not. Not even coding. This little kid is name checking everybody. He knows the flag. He knows who Duke wants to talk to me. Wait, not just the flag. The flag, you mean G.I. Joe's aircraft carrier? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the reporter like, later whoa, on. Whoa, kid! Do you have the blueprints hanging on your wall? Yeah, it's for for America's uh, that what is at times referred to as America's top secret covert military organization, or or whatever the verbiage is. It is not uh, covert or secret in any way. Secrets out. Yes. Um, little Jimmy, of course. Well, when when he is told he needs to talk to Duke, he's standing on his own volition, and yet somehow Bazooka has to carry him inside and set him in the chair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then carry him to his room. Well, yeah. and then of course, and then uh, Duke says, uh, "Put Jimmy to bed." And I got a little creeped out by that scene. Well, yeah, that was odd. Think, I mean, I uh, even as a kid. I had an issue with kid characters, just like in in He-Man. I had an issue with Orko, because I never felt like, as a kid, I didn't need that character to be like, oh, that's me, and I'm part of G.I. Joe. Like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to watch the story about those characters. So, you know, I put in my notes here, well, thank gosh for kids, because mom and dad are not... Uh, a valid to interview about what happened to their boat at all. No, all they need you gotta is to talk to little Jimmy about, and little Jimmy knows that this, that this sea serpent ate both the generator and the engine, but we didn't see it, which is an oddly specific thing for a child to know. Yeah. Well, and then, and then the child is shocked when, you know, when Bazooka's, saw the sea serpent she's like you saw a sea serpent (laughs) well and that's why i think bazooka had to go tuck little jimmy into bed so we could get that line of dialogue but can we jump back for a second of course that opening shot when bazooka sees the trouble bubble and the sea serpent comes up and the eyes are are glowing that was some great animation yeah, there's some really good artwork with like, that with that the, sea serpent. Yeah, like it's it's nighttime, so the the use of the shadows and and the the darkness there, you know, it wasn't like bright cartoony colors. I was like, okay, this you don't know in that moment is it a cobra vehicle? Is this somebody else? And he's attacked that trouble bubble. And then you quickly find out that Cobra is in control of the Sea Serpent because Cobra Commander has a remote control that just has a devour button. <laughs> devour and on and off, and that's it. This this multi-million dollar project 
that they've invested so much time and money into, and the the only existing remote, by the way, there's no backup. Yes, says devour on and off, and that's it. Uh, I love the, and, and to be clear, this is fantastic. This is all fantastic, and I love one hundred percent. So, Tomax and Zamot water skiing into terrorist negotiations is the greatest thing ever. Uh, (laughs) After they deliver their demands, and and Noel, please, you need to point out to our listeners who they are trying to blackmail. Yes, one one of the rich men who has had his boat uh, devoured uh, is the spitting image of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Many years before Bill Nye the Science Guy was famous, like <laughs> it's uncanny. Well, this is back when Bill Nye was French, apparently. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but after they 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 hand them the the blackmail envelopes, and then they do the. You know, Tomax jumping up on Zaymot's shoulders with his arm up. It's like a good ten seconds or so before it's, it's awkward. The raptor shows up to get them, and I'm like, "Is this like when the magical girl transforms? If any one of those businessmen had a gun, right, we'd be done because they're just like, oh, strike a pose and wait and wait and wait." They were just pausing for dramatic effect. <laughs> They're so good at it. So, to, uh, Tomax and Zaymot and Destro the Baron is just sitting around on the couches the whole time, just marveling at Cobra Commander's stupidity in this episode. Well, and if it wasn't for Cobra Commander, everything would have gone fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who ruins everything. Of course. Uh, so I like the fact that when they do deploy the Joes to investigate this thing, Shipwreck's kind of already off on mission, like in the middle uh, you're now granted he's on his hammock with his his tri- his, his uh, stereotypical coconut beverages. Yes, but he's like off doing his own thing. So there's this sense that GI Joe do they they do operate independently from each other. Like they aren't always like these four guys are doing a mission and everybody else is in their bunks. Like there is a sense there are other things going on besides what you're seeing on screen. Well, and, and then of course. Neat. When they come to meet up with them, instead of taking a helicopter to land on a beach, they take a sky striker, which makes the landing on a sandy beach somehow. It's fine. It's fine. The dragonfly was being phased out at this point. It's, well, it's they all good. plenty of them in the episode. Well, yeah, and that's true. Of- yeah, that's a good point. Why are they even in the sky striker? I don't know. But and those those dragonflies suffer some terrible disasters and i don't understand how the pilots lived well yeah well they they do a triple somersault and dive right into the water (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh so when we get later into the episode um quick kick and lady j make their way onto this yacht that gets eaten by the titular sea serpent and we find out that the people who are being devoured by this thing aren't dying. They're being put to work sorting treasure 
that this sea serpent now how long has this been going on because that treasure room is like scrooge mcduck's freaking money bin. right well it's i i, I was like oh it, it's smog but he now keeps his treasure inside of him <laughs> yes absolutely but apparently but yeah it's like what are they doing they're just they're they're are they just moving it around because that's what work seems to be is they just shuffle their hands in the treasure well and i want to know what kind of treasure sorting work involves hedge clippers yeah, <laughs> because Quick Kick for some reason is sorting treasure with hedge clippers, and what were hedge clippers doing on a boat anyway? But whatever, it's fine yeah. because it's GI <laughs> Joe, and we love it. I like the coffee break thing. Every two hours, they get a coffee break, which is more than I get at work. So that's actually yeah. kind of awesome. <laughs> I like when um, when Lady J is rescued by the by Steven, professor by Steven Spielberg <laughs> 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 yes so I, I I don't know if you guys caught this but once they're in the the room that is safe from regurgitation or whatever it was that he said <laughs> he keeps um, the tentacles out every the sound effect that they would use for him walking was the same sound effect that they would use for like the armored snake armor. So every time the professor walked, it was like this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't it, like, oh, the steel-toed boots, <laughs> steel-toed sneakers. Because this guy, yeah, sneakers. <laughs> this guy looks like no professor I've ever seen. No. And can we talk about what maybe the funniest thing Cobra Commander has ever said on the Sunbow cartoon? Um, when the voice is going, will you work? And he leans over and he goes, say no, I want to see what happens. Well, and, and as we find out later in the, well, and there's consistency too, because later on, the surviving Cobra Trooper, he makes go in front of him when they're escaping. Ah, yes. So he's totally using these guys, no surprise. But later on, we find out when you say no, you're not going to work, you just get ejected and you're freed. Yeah. So, kids, the big lesson of this episode is never say you want to work. <laughs> You're going to be put to slave labor where you get a coffee break every two hours. But if you just say, no, I won't work, then you get to leave. I like when Steven Spielberg is, is lamenting, and he says, they turned engineering masterpiece into a nightmare monster. <laughs> I'm like, you built a sea serpent. <laughs> a sea serpent full of tentacles. Yes. <laughs> what did and, you think was going to happen? And um, G.I. Joe's greatest villain in this episode is downtown New York City traffic. Yes. Mm-hmm. The mauler stuck the mauler in traffic. Is, is, is stuck in rush hour? <laughs> Which... But right before, they're like, where's that mauler? They just showed a dock that had, like, 15 on them. Yeah. Right! Yeah. <laughs> well, no, tanks. Granted, they were maulers, but, no, they were, yeah. but the specific G.I. Joe mauler. Oh, there were maulers and mobats already on that dock that apparently weren't doing much, but they needed that one mauler. They, well, two. There were two stuck in traffic. Two, yeah. They needed those two to, make the, to turn the tide, I despite so. the fact that Bazooka ends up defeating the Sea Serpent single-handedly with his laser bazooka. Yes. <laughs> which which has an entirely different firing effect than the one you see in the closing credits. Right. 
because in the closing credits, he when he trips and falls and it goes off, it actually what it looks like a shell could have come out of it, like it's actually sort of an explosion looking thing. But in this, straight up giant red lasers. Mm-hmm. Which, if mm-hmm. I had to choose, I'd rather have re- giant red lasers than shells. So, you know, good for Bazooka. And is it um, is uh, is our show too family appropriate to mention what Duke says as he? Oh, uh, that's in my notes too. <laughs> as he's flying towards the, the the sea serpent well if you if you are quoting the cartoon then it's appropriate of course okay well he does say let's ram something hot down your throat well and there you go that's just duke <laughs> talking about bringing the fight to that big old sea serpent that's right N- nothing wrong with that's... that <laughs> not at all <laughs> Uh, so this show or this episode is loaded with characters and vehicles. We get Airborne, Alpine, Bazooka, Breaker, Cutter, Deep Six, Duke, uh, Gung Ho, Lady J, Quick Kick, Shipwreck, Thunder, Wild Bill. That's and by the way, Thunder's voice is something else. Uh, Cobra side, we get Baroness, Cobra Commander, Cobra Trooper, Crimson Guard, Destro, Eels, Tomax, and Zamot. Who I think Tomax and Zamot kind of steal every scene they're in. That's pretty much always the case with them. Uh, and mm-hmm. then vehicle-wise, we get the Dragonfly, the Mauler, the Mobat, the Shark, the Sky Striker, the Flag, the Whale, and Cobra enlists the Firebat, the Rattler, and the Trouble Bubble, or Flight Pod, depending on what you prefer. Uh, but, and yet again, the Firebats, a year before they were available in stores, uh, oh, that's often right. featured, yeah, because this is an 85 episode. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So, aside from the Firebat... Tons and tons of marketing to be had. So good on you, Sunbow and Hasbro. Well and done. And we get an animal companion. Yes, yes and we get Bucky, Bucky the dog. Animal companion for one episode. Good old Bucky the dog. Who at the beginning of the episode, like it's th- this is how mild GI Joe is for the most part. Uh, even the suggestion that Bucky the dog has perished is horrifying. Oh yeah, it's a little heavy for GI Joe. All right, guys. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Have you got any more notes about uh, Bazooka Saw a Sea Serpent? Highly recommend this episode. Yes, this is a very fun episode. This is one of the, uh, I think, one of the ones that even the the harshest G.I. Joe critic will, will find some enjoyment from. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Time to move on to Instruments of Destruction. Welcome to Instruments of Destruction. Uh, of course, in this segment, we talk about a vehicle up to and including its appearances in me. And this week is my pick. And uh, last time I got to do a pick, I did a, uh, a vehicle that doesn't get a lot of play in, in the, the media from 1984. And I figure, why not stick with that? But I'm going to go with the other side. I would with the Slugger last time. Now I'm going to go with the Cobra Assault System Pod which of the many acronyms they made out of uh, names of vehicles, that's one of the ones that actually works pretty well. So I don't have a problem with calling it the ASP um, or the System Pod. 
this was, of course, the first ever towed weapon for Cobra. So you got the Hiss tank the year before, but you didn't have anything that you could haul behind it. Uh, but now you do, and also you got the Stinger that year, so you had another companion piece for it. It's in beautiful Cobra blue. It's got a, a really kind of neat gimmick where the, the canopy not only rotates 360 degrees, but it also tilts uh, all up at 90 degrees. So I don't know what the purpose of that is, uh, unless you just <laughs> want to make yourself a, a giant target. Um, but it was a really cool play feature when I was 9 or 10 years old. Uh, and also like the Whirlwind that also came out in 83 it's got the wheels that lock up underneath it so you can put it like as an implanted uh base or you can fold the wheels up and it can uh it can uh trail along your uh your stinger or your hiss um really I, again one that doesn't get a lot of uh use in the media but it is a towed weapon so it's not you know uh something that you would figure would get highlighted a lot um i think uh just a few episodes the cartoon would feature it in the background. You did get the recolored Python Patrol version, though, in 1989, so um, at least it got one repaint in the main line. Um, but yeah, a fun a fun little vehicle. Um, if you you know, you know you want some some backup, uh, you could use it as like an anti-tank or an anti-aircraft. It's a, it's a cool, fun little vehicle, and at a very low price point. Even now, you're, gonna, you're probably not going to find one intact, um, but everything else seems to you can usually get them pretty cheap on the secondary market these days yeah i loved all of these uh toad weapons like the stuff because that was exciting in the beginning is these vehicles like the vamp and the hiss and everything had that tow hook on it so it was you could tell they were planning ahead for stuff mm-hmm. and this was a really cool piece because it interacted with another vehicle which was always a cool thing uh, and Hasbro was very smart about that kind of thing doubling up on you know potential money spending uh, but also having all those moving parts the the feet that locked into place the wheels that flipped down uh, the cannons moved the cockpit like you said it really doesn't make any sense that the cockpit uh, you know went up perpendicular but it was cool. It was a moving part. Why not make it like that? And and it yeah. looks cool. Like it looks like something that could potentially exist. Yeah. Uh, speaking of media for this, uh, in case you guys are not aware, uh, there is a PlayStation Four game. I believe it was called Toy Box. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it had G.I. Joe DLC that you could purchase, uh, which I did. And the Asp is actually one of the vehicles that you can choose um, for the Cobra team to work as, you know, one of your, your fighting vehicles. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh, these were the kind of things that honestly in retrospect are a little bit brave because it is a separate vehicle you buy on its own that does kind of require other purchases to go along with it but like you said noel it had a, a low price point the original retail on this thing was 429 wow um and it it just looks cool it's a really cool neat piece it's one of those cobra pieces of technology that looks kind of like sci-fi and futuristic, 
but also is very grounded and seems like a reasonable thing. Yeah, yeah and, I, yep. and I always appreciate that. Things that look like they would they would kind of work in the real world, especially with you know Cobra and Destro. He was he was he he was creating a brand over there. He wasn't. It was it was a little bit over, you know it was a little form over function in some cases. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so, in my memory. I thought that this had gotten releases. You mentioned the Python Patrol. Uh, and then in 2004, they packed it in with a red hiss tank uh, as a mm-hmm. crimson set. But I was thinking that it had been a Sears exclusive, but it, it apparently never was. I, I was positive that it was either... Uh, Back in in the original line, not this 2004 release, which is probably where I got confused about it. I was thinking that it had gotten a Sears release, not as completely red like the 2004 one, but black with some red highlights, or that it was part of the Dreadnought recolor stuff, which it clearly is not. Um, I thought that stuff had happened, and it had not. All it's seen is that original 1984 release, uh, the 89 Python Patrol, and then that 2004 release, and that's it. So not not a reuse for this cool design. Well, and one thing that if you uh, if you want to check this out, there's actually a YouTube video um, that the finest, the custom club I'm in, you've probably heard me mention many times, but one of our members actually built a full-scale, uh, actually, it actually tilts up, but a full-scale Cobra Asp. Uh, they've had it at several conventions, and you Whoa, can see it in action. On, that's awesome on YouTube. So, I was uh, not quite as cool as seeing the real life Thunder Machine that uh, my friend Max built. But, <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Well, awesome, great pick, Noel. Thank you. It is time now for a new segment. <laughs> We want Audible Interlude to be a constantly evolving show where we can switch things in and out as time goes on. That being the case, it is time for us to introduce a new segment called America's Elite, where we pick the best version of a character from all of the G.I. Joe lines. And we are kicking this thing off. Christian, who is your pick? Well, it's a Breck. It's surprise! What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> cliche answers are cliche. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having favorites. Uh, you told us immediately that I, I, and honestly, I would believe if you told me you knew this off the top of your head that there were 24 different versions of Shipwreck. Is that correct? I think there's like 20. Are there 20? Okay, wait. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 15, 19. 19, 19 oh, different 19. versions. Okay. okay. That, that's my fault for not knowing how to add lines up. That's uh, three and three quarter. I don't know if there were other releases in like the Sigma well, 6 line. He did get a Sigma 6 figure. Ah, that's okay. I said 20. Okay, well, and that's included. So I And, and th- that's my fault for going to yojo.com and just going off their three and three quarter inch. Uh, so I wonder then if he's had a 12 inch release as well. Uh, has not. Oh, nothing at all, really. Yeah, that's shocking. It is the the um the Hall of Fame line. Nothing. The sideshow line. 
nothing uh, out, outside of this and Sigma, there was a mini bust. And yep. it's been it. Well, and I thought his design definitely lends itself to to a you know easy to do for a twelve inch, but nope. Well, we've still got plenty of different variations to talk about just with these uh, twenty that we've got in front of us. Uh, is there right off the bat? We got to talk about the original shipwreck that I think it's going to be, honestly, hard to top. 100%. So this guy came figure. out... 1985. I'm actually trying to find the Sigma-6 shipwreck right now so I can look at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, where is he? Are you sure there's a Sigma-6? There is. Well, you've got it, right? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I used to, but I sold off all my Sigma 6 figures years ago uh, to somebody that actually was a fan. Oh, now let me a ask, Sigma 6 shipwreck. Now, let me ask you this. If you ran across another Sigma 6 shipwreck at some point, would you feel the need to buy? Um, No, because over the years I've tried to streamline my obsessive collecting so I feel like I don't need multi even if it's a favorite character I don't need multiple versions that character per right, se right. especially when he's in a scale that that doesn't match anything else I collect although I do notice um, Sigma 6 shipwreck comes with a monkey a monkey <laughs> yeah you know, I held on to the Sigma-6 bat for a long time because that was just a really cool robot design. And, and even with that, eventually, I was like, you know. Yeah, There's bye. nowhere to put this thing. Mm-mm. So the original Shipwreck, uh, classic sailor look. Uh, he comes with the boarding grapples. He's got the pistol with the loop on it, which I always really loved that little loop. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, and they, Polly. The design, like, they actually gave him the flared pants that the sailors were, you, you know, the Navy was using during that period. That mm-hmm. style of bell, you know, sort of bell-bottomy pant has long since been retired. But when this came out, that is exactly what they were wearing. And it's a cool look. The gloves, he's got the tattoo, which, by the way, I noticed as I was looking through these, the inconsistency with the tattoo. Uh, in the On this first figure, it's a shark. But there are versions who completely leave the tattoo off, uh, which I mm-hmm. think is, uh, honestly, to me, it discounts those as being the best shipwreck figures. Now, there are ones where he's wearing long sleeves, and we can talk about those. Uh, but there are short sleeve versions, uh, 12, 13, and 19. Uh, have, or, I'm sorry, no, uh, versions 5 through 7 have no tattoo, and those are the Spy Troops and uh, Valor versus Venom versions, where they just left the tattoo off entirely. And it sucks because I like those versions of shipwreck. And you would think with all those all that giant monkey arm to work with, they could have fit a tattoo on there. Well, but see, 
by the time Spy Troops came around, Shipper kind of cleaned up his act so he could be taken a little more seriously. And so he sobered up. He went through the tattoo removal process. <laughs> you know, Are you trying to he, say people with tattoos can't be taken seriously, Christian? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> because if you notice, by the time he hit his anniversary, he was like, screw you guys. <laughs> give me a beer. Give me a tattoo. Give me some winches. Let's go. Well, and actually in 2007, where he gets this weird, it's cutter, but in shipwreck colors almost, uh, the version 10 figure, he's got the tattoo back. Which mm-hmm. I actually like that idea. I just wish that those figures didn't look like weird zombies. Um, yeah, they're oddly but, washed out. Yeah, but like that, uh, the idea of just his head on Cutter's body like that is actually really great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fine concept. And they and and the and they even muted the color of the uh, the life vest instead of it being mm-hmm. orange. I'll tell you the ones that bother me are the ones where Shipwreck is just dressed like a soldier. Like, there's nothing particularly Navy about him. Well, I will say that, like, I think 19 is a great figure. Um, even I though agree. he's wearing, he's wearing, uh, like, olive drab uh, fatigues, and he's got his Navy shirt on, but he's also, with all his accessories on, he's got, like, all the tactical gear. And I think that's an amazing figure. Yeah, and... I, I think if you take nineteen and eleven, you get a perfect anniversary era shipwreck. Because uh, the part that disappointed me when the you know twenty fifth came out is you know that shipwreck. Um, yeah, he comes with Polly, but he doesn't come with, like, the pirate pistol. He doesn't come with his boarding hooks. Oh, no, he doesn't come with Polly. He comes with Parrot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the true. The only version where Polly is named is the original one. All of the rest, Polly is just Parrot. Did they lose the trademark to Polly? <laughs> I guess they did. Or they just didn't want to bother with it because it's just a parrot, which is offensive to me because that parrot has a name and its name is Polly. But the 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 Polly that came in that two pack, which is version nineteen, so it, it was shipwreck and Cobra Commander. I, I like that Polly the best with you know his wings, yeah, uh, open and um, but uh, that that. That's why I just keep going back to the version one shipwreck, and I'm like, every everything you need to say this guy is your your navy navy character. This is your you know your your pirate, fun loving, swashbuckling GI Joe. Well, and that version nineteen has a finger sculpted pointing out that Polly sits on. <laughs> which is crazy. I love that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, a couple of notes that I've got on some of the other versions here. Uh, the version 9 that was in a 2... Okay, well, first of all, the Cobra Commander connection. We mentioned version 19 comes with a Cobra Commander figure, but then you go back to the Spy Troops versions that came uh, in 6 and 7, that came out in 2003, that came with a Cobra Commander disguise. 
Mm-hmm. So what is the connection with Shipwreck and Cobra Commander? Uh, I believe in the animation movie for Spy Troops that um, that is how Shipwreck infiltrates the See, Cobra HQ, is he's actually disguised as Cobra Commander. That sounds right to me. It's been so long since I've watched Spy Troops, and we'll absolutely be reviewing it at some point on the show. But I feel like you're right about that. Uh, but I do like the the that sweater holster look for him. For, you know, yeah. whenever the the... the <laughs> the navy outfit isn't fitting. Um, well, and that knit hat also is very yeah. sort of naval yep. look. I like that as well. Uh, interesting piece of trivia. The version 2 shipwreck, the 1994 Battlecore figure, is the one used to make Stinky Diver from Action League Now. <laughs> what? A, a former Navy commando with an attitude as bad as his odor. <laughs> and uh, I love that figure. I just don't love that figure as shipwreck. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't mind it because if if I'm a kid and I'm playing G.I. Joe's, I kind of like having, you know, straight up sailor shipwreck. I like having shipwreck in scuba gear. Like, I think that's cool to provide an alternate version. Now, granted, that came out in 94, past my time. So when I was a kid, I didn't get to enjoy having a deep sea diver shipwreck or a scuba well, diver shipwreck too, it took nine years for them to get a second shipwreck that's on the insane shelf. considering yeah. he was i i would put him in one of the top five main characters of the show probably mm-hmm. uh that is crazy yeah uh and then version three which was basically just a re-release of version two uh, same thing with version four, and then we get into the two thousands where we get the the sweater and knit cap. Uh, we get these weird, like super military camo versions. Yeah, I don't, uh, like, then, don't like those at all. No, I don't care for those at all. They, I mean, the head doesn't well, look like him. Nothing about yeah, he's got a goatee. He doesn't even have the full beard. Uh, yeah, those those and are he went no good. Ginger. Yeah, that's those those are absolutely bizarre. Uh, and then we get to our 25th anniversary shipwreck, which I think is very nice. Uh, they did a good job with this one. It's still the one I've got standing on my 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary shelf. Uh, he's Oh, this one is identified as Polly. we got a submachine gun, a pistol. I like the shotgun, but again, why don't we have the, the traditional pistol? Uh, but this is a good version. I like this one, and they kind of redid yeah. this. Uh, version 12, which has a white shirt, which is actually, uh, there's a scene in the episode we were tonight where Shipwreck is climbing a tree and they mess up the colors and he actually has a white shirt on. Uh, so clearly this is a reference to that color error, uh, but he also includes the life preserver. So we've got another kind of cutter look going on here. Um, I like this that, one as well. You know, to me, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the version 13 shipwreck, which is the 2009 one that came in like. the box set. <sighs> I, well, there's there's something about like even with all the anniversary figures, I understand why they didn't do the articulate at the waist. I've never been much of a fan of the the rib cage articulation 
but because they tried to give him a little more, I don't know, staunch belly, it just it it looks like he's hunched over. Yeah, he looks yeah. perpetually hunched over. It's a very weird look. I like the colors a lot better than uh, the uh, yes. V11 because he's he just pops a lot more, and the poly is a huge improvement over yeah. the 25th anniversary poly, but. Yeah, that, that that figure does have something going on with that hunch. Well, this whole box set was very much reflecting the Sunbow cartoon, which is why all of the figures had brighter colors. Like this Lady J was great. The the Snake Eyes was was very much the Snake Eyes from the cartoon. So that's why we got a little brighter colors in this shipwreck, which I think looks great. But you're right, that weird abdomen does kind of ruin the figure. Uh, and then we get a couple of movie version shirts, even though he wasn't in the movie. Uh, we get another one with a knit hat that actually looks really good because all of the Joes in the 2009 movie, that gray camo was kind of the trademark. So it's almost like he's in uniform, but he's got sweater and hat that give him a little bit different look. And then that weird thing where they just throw scuba gear in with a guy who's in regular clothes. <laughs> which they did a few times. Uh, but I, I like this one a lot. He He's up there with my movie figures, and he's like, I think this is a great movie shipwreck. It's certainly... I don't have this shipwreck, because I, I did not get any of the movie figures. But I do like him. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to getting him, as I am most of the other movie figures. I think uh, he's got a great portrait. He's got a really sort mm-hmm. of really do like this one. But again, he's not he's not replacing any regular shipwrecks at all. And then we've got uh, an Arctic shipwreck that, like every other Arctic movie figure they released, so whatever. Uh, and then, interestingly, we move on to version 16, which kind of updates that Spy Troops look and is a dollar. Really, really like this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's, you have the weird thing where it's scuba gear with just regular clothes, but I think this is a really, really good shipwreck. It's a great yeah. update to that look. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm kind of kicking myself as I've been going through these archives, uh, and obviously for the listeners, we're using yojo.com as a reference for all of these uh, best you know, best site out there for vintage Joe information. Uh or references, anyway. Uh, I'm kind of kicking my son out on these Dollar General figures. Uh, well, I remember when they came out, and, you know, they the news was hitting, like, the toy websites, and they were impossible to find because they were so cheap, the scalpers. Oh, yeah. Which is going there and buying everything. So um, I know, at least in, like, the Orlando area, um, man we couldn't find them anywhere. The only time I saw them was whenever somebody would bring them into the job I was working at on the weekends to try and get us to buy them off of them. Yeah, I missed out on those entirely. And then they redid the same thing in green, which, meh, I don't need it. And then, of course, we get Tiger Force Shipwreck. Yeah. Uh, wow, that is truly mm-hmm. heinous. Let me, tell you, let me tell you about some Tiger Force. No, I, I <laughs> love Tiger Force. Uh, I know it's ridiculous. But getting more figures in Tiger Force colors is always always makes me happy, and I don't mind that. It's fine to do these kind of variations. Now, this was part of the subscription service, so it was insanely overpriced. 
for a yeah. three and three quarter inch figure. Uh, only thirty seven fifty. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we get to the last one that we've already talked a few times is the version nineteen. Uh, 2015, the last shipwreck released five years ago. I would imagine we'll see a new shipwreck sooner than later. But time Although will tell. Weird, he's not on the. He wasn't on the GI Joe website when it launched. No, one of the characters which was missing. Was crazy. And if you go back, for listeners, if you go back and listen to Mission Zero, you can hear us talk about everything that was on the website at the time. Uh, but now, you guys, it, it has come down to the line. We have to make a choice. What is the greatest version of Shipwreck. And we don't have to settle on one. We can each have our own personal favorite. Uh, Christian, since this was your pick, you're going to go last. Noel, okay. what is your favorite Shipwreck? Uh, well, you know, you would think, because I'm a original uh, O-Ring guy, uh, I love V1. I think it's a near-perfect figure. But I love that V19. I think that Shipwreck's its first and most recent figure are the two best, but I'm going to go with 19. Wow, very interesting. Okay, good. For, see, and look at that. Uh, uh, we we take the facts and break them down and make intelligent decisions. It's not all about nostalgia and your heart and your feelings. Sometimes you got to look at things objectively. Uh, I really kind of want to go with that version 16, that Dollar General shipwreck. Um, it, it kind of comes down to what my collection is centered around right now. As you guys know, I've been rebuilding my vintage collection, uh, and I've got my 25th anniversary style collection. They're both right behind me now. And going forward, if I only have one shipwreck, shipwreck figure, it would be that original but I really like that version 16, that Dollar General shipwreck. To me, that's kind of modern sailor shipwreck. I, do, I hate that he doesn't have a tattoo exposed, but he also has a sleeve over it, so it's not like they left it off. You just can't see it. Um, I'm not crazy about his accessories. You know what? i got to go with the original. The 1985 <laughs> shipwreck. I, I just have to. He's too perfect. I want to be different, and I want to like. No, I'm not going to pick that. But I, I got to. I love that figure. All right, Christian. Yeah, you know this is my absolute favorite character in all of uh, Jodum, and I, as much as I do love the version 19 and the version 11. Uh, the quintessential shipwreck figure is the version one. All of his accessories are on point. Like you look at that figure, and it's it's not just what his job in the military is. You see what his, his attitude and and his character. Like everything is summed up just perfectly. If they had released the version eleven shipwreck with version one colors would that change your opinion if they had released version 11 with version one accessories ah yeah yeah that would have changed my opinion because i i do love the articulation on the anniversary figures and and i i i do like the the look of them um 
but I, it it really bothered me that he came with like you know more pistols and and not you know a, a, the the boarding hooks right not or, the signature weapon or the he pirate pistol came like, with generic stuff yeah yeah. Well, there you go. I think we've determined that that uh, 1985, that original shipwreck, is absolutely the greatest. But there are plenty of other versions of this sailor that are worth checking out. So I hope you guys uh, hop on yojo.com and take a look at these figures we've been talking about. As always, thank you for listening to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. Please follow Audible Interlude podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. All music was by Andy Sanford of electricminnowmusic.com. Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe and Cobra costuming club. Uh, we are about 12 years old now, and uh, we have members in uh, multiple continents, multiple countries. Uh, we dress up like G.I. Joe characters, but we also like to raise money for a fantastic cause, which is Canines for Warriors, uh, pairing rescue dogs and training them up uh, to become service animals for veterans. Um, so if you get a chance to donate, uh, either at a live convention when you see us, or just uh uh, head over to Canines for Warriors and give them a donation. We definitely appreciate it. And Christian, you're doing some awesome action figure photography on Instagram. Where can we find you on there? Yes, my handle on Instagram is my same as here. It's Legion Cub. Awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sitting down and talking G.I. Joe again. Yo, Joe! Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.